Thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldanzi DiCaccio. And this is Juliano Caleri. And it's Tuesday, October the 5th. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, we've, uh, we're on another international break as of right now. Uh, the Azzurri are preparing for their Final Four, at, which is being hosted in Italy um, for the Nations League. Uh, so they won't be playing any World Cup qualifiers during this international break. World Cup qualifiers coming up for the Canadian national team, which yes. we'll talk about. Uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, City A, again, is on another break. Uh, match day seven has wrapped up, so we've now played seven games. Uh, interesting to see who is up there. Uh, and not just top four, top seven is very looking very interesting. And there's some clubs uh, knocking on the door. And uh, there's been some changes at the bottom of the table as well. Um, this past week, Champions League, Europa League, Europa Conference League, Serie A. It's a lot. Never, never ending. Never ends. More or less the same story for the Serie A teams in Champions League. Some disappointing results. Some but good ones. Some for, good ones too. For other teams. Yeah. So let's get right into it. Let's go. First game was the heartbreaking loss for Milan to Atletico Madrid. What do we think? They showed a lot more promise compared to the Liverpool game. They absolutely dominated Atletico, but at the end of the day... Controversial red card. Controversial penalty. There's always controversy when it comes to Italian teams, <laughs> it feels like. Uh, be honest with you right now, that red, that second yellow wasn't warranted. Should have been a warning. So Kessie shouldn't have been sent off. That totally changed the game. And then that handball... Uh, it's very debatable. I don't think it was a penalty, but uh, there are people that think and there are people that don't think so uh, that it was a penalty. So at the end of the day, for me, wasn't a penalty. I think Milan got robbed here. Yeah, they, it was a tough... The ref didn't do them any favors. No, definitely Frank Kessie, though, that, it was a stupid uh, challenge. The second one, even though it wasn't a yellow, he was playing a bit reckless. Uh, yeah, he was playing a bit reckless. Now they're basically their... Uh, to get at, to survive through this group, they're gonna have to go on a huge run. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to get six points against Porto. They're gonna have to do something against Atletico Madrid in the next game, and they're gonna have to steal something in Liverpool. Um, so it's uh, it, it's quite a tough road for them. Yeah, uphill climb. Seven years out. This is what we're expecting. It was gonna be tough for Milan. Europa League will be good, I think, for them. Sure. Uh, sure. To get into, but overall, it's the experience of Ant- Antoine Griezmann and Luis Suarez lead in the front they just get the job done those two yeah. that's why they're superstars so yeah. on to the next game from one Milan team to another Inter another disappointing result for Inter held to a goalish draw 0-0 zero, zero. it's, it's have t- yet to score have yet to score but they average almost three games in uh, goals a game in Serie A which it comes down to you don't get as many big chances in Champions League as you do in Serie A and our strikers maybe don't have the quality of finishing that uh, they should when it comes to Champions League, and it's another disappointing result. I don't know. It's a it's it's a bit of the finishing. It's a mental block too. Just something's completely off with this team when they hit in Champions League. Shakhtar should be a walkthrough. No offense to them. Uh, they beat them in the semifinals Europa League two years ago, no problem. And then the last three fixtures we had against them in Champions League have all been struggles. So. Uh, Hopefully, Simone Inzaghi can get it solved because it's ridiculous for the City uh, champions. Team. For sure. Now, Inter got, I think, I played a home and home in their next two games against Sharif, who are surprisingly at the top of the table. Top of the group, yeah. Beating Be- Madrid <laughs> and Shakhtar. So, 
Does the magic run out against Inter, and does Inter get six points here? I don't know. I'm getting flashbacks of last season already, so I'm well, a bit worried they're not there's, gonna. There's no if fans or buts about it. Inter needs six points. Six points, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. If it's not, if they don't get six points against Sharif now in these two games coming up, then uh, it's gonna be a this campaign for Champions League will turn out to be a complete disaster for them. Exactly. Uh, but let's move on to some positives in the Champions League real quickly. Atalanta beating Young Boys, routine one nothing win. I think. Yeah, they they were all over them. They dominated. Young boys came up for the draw. Uh, they played fantastic. It was a great game. Atalanta taking control of the group. Definitely. And then moving on to the next team, Juve with a big win over yes. Chelsea. Yes, something we called here. Well, you uh, called. I had no faith. <laughs> they they changed up the tactics. Very uh, impressed with the defensive game. They went young. Yeah, Chelsea dominated the majority of play, but. Juve did the smash and grab, took their chances when they need to. Typical Italian performance, and it it was a great morale booster for them. It continues their undefeated uh, run, and yeah. we'll see going into the the weekend as well. So big, big win for Juve. Big, they're 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 on the rise again. Yes, they're against the, the defender, and now they lead the group six points, four goals, four zero against Chelsea's in second with one goal, one goal against yeah. on three, and then Zenit has three. So. Looking good for Juve. Oh, absolutely. So now let's move on to the Europa League for round two. So this was this was disappointing. Uh, yeah, strange. Disappointing all around, I think, for... The only saving grace for Napoli is that Leicester dropped points too in their game against Legia, which surprisingly is first with six points uh, in, in the group. Big win over Leicester City. Yeah. But Spartak sitting in second out with third. Napoli and Leicester, bottom of that table with one point each. Yeah, it's 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 very strange, and I will talk about it more with the not when we talk about Napoli, uh, in the in the on the weekend. But uh, yeah, this is a huge, this is a very disappointing loss for yeah. them. Uh, you should be running rampant on yeah, Spartak a team a team that's perfect in City, huh? Yeah, top of the table goes to lose to Spartak Moscow, like and draw Leicester. It's it's strange. It's really strange, and it, it, it only, gives City a bad rap. It does. The only comparison we can make is yes, they're not taking it as serious but i don't know about that it looks like they're taking it pretty serious yeah, they're just they can't click in europe lazio on the other hand two nothing win there yeah another team that's kind of pull opposite to what's going on in the league right now but they come up with a dominating performance and they absolutely hammer moscow here yeah two nil routine win uh basic picking up a goal and patrick so good for his confidence to center back yeah, and uh, moving into the uh, Europa Conference League real quickly. Big 3 nothing win for uh, Roma over Zoria Luhansk. Routine win. Not much more to say about that, but great to see Abrima Darbo in the lineup. Yes. Which carries into the weekend. Yeah, so Ro- yeah, Roma running away with that. Any other stories quick before we leave Champions League or all the European competitions? Any other big stories? like? Yeah, Barcelona. They're, they're a disaster. They have no attempts on goal in their first two games. Uh, this I think it's the first time in what twenty something years that something they lost like that. to a Portuguese club in Benfica. So Barcelona is a disaster right now. Uh, and the other big story: PSG beating Man-, Man City. Yeah, PSG beating Man City, but then going to lose on the weekend to yes. Ren with our <laughs> backup goalie, national keeper. Yeah, starts for, in the sticks for Italy. Uh, they lose two 0 Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's, uh, don't un- don't understand. Don't understand at all. So our goalie yeah. being a backup keeper, but whatever. The big thing <laughs> is, the, I think the big thing out of the week, out of the midweek, was Barcelona. They're just a disaster right now, and looking for a new a new manager. And uh, actually, an Italian is being rumored, 
as one of the candidates in Andrea Pirlo. Yep. It's like you said, Jules, it's, it's, it's amazing that you can fail at Juve then move up to a club like Barca. Fail upwards, right? Yeah. Uh, and another story, Cristiano Ronaldo coming to the rescue for Man U in the 93rd minute, what he does. So Man U snatching a victory, which was huge for them to stay alive in this Champions League group. Yeah. Uh, it came a little unsettled this weekend for Man U, but that's another story. So Man U snatching victory at the, at the dead, getting the upper hand on Villarreal again. Um, so that's the end of Europe. Yeah, let's get into Italy. Yeah, let's get into let's the fixtures. Get into Italy. So match day seven started off with Cagliari Venezia. Venezia again conceding first. Relegation that's, battle. That's, that's what six they of do. Seven games. Yeah, though, that's man. what they do. And uh, the, Gianluca Busio saving a day in the ninety second minute. Yeah, bit of a deflection, lucky goal. Walter Mazzari a bit upset about it, but at, deflecting off Casares. But at the end of the day, after. Kieta Ball, they scored for Kaliri. All they did was sit back. They didn't even attempt to go for Venezia. They were lucky yeah. to uh, come out. But Johnson, the Norwegian on the left wing, again, fantastic yeah, fantastic. running that wing. What did you think of Ampadu in the midfield? Ampadu was interesting. He looked... People talk about the Premier League, the pace of the Premier League, yada, yada, yada. He looked a bit off, uh, off pace uh, for a City A match. But it's funny how it never goes the other way. Obviously, maybe because of the coverage, you know, English-wise isn't as big for City A. But he looked completely off the pace. I mean, he didn't have a, a terrible game, but he just looked discombobulated, if I could put it that way. Yeah. Was and there any other standout performances you thought? Standout performances, not my, not so much. I think Busio was he, he stood out for me in this game. Um, I was actually surprised with Cagliari. I think for the the two old guys at the back, I thought this had disaster written all over it when you're starting a 3-5-2 and you have Diego Dean and Caceres playing in the back three, but they actually held their own. Um, also, another outstanding performance, I think, from uh, Karolampos Likoyanis uh, for them. Disappointing performance for Alessio Cragno. Yeah, he's fallen off he's really quite a bit. Fallen off. So, I just think it's a team in front of him, but Cagliari, uh, they look... Awful. They look awful. Venezia, yes, picking up points, but yeah, these are these They're are grinding. two. These look like two City of B teams at the end yeah. of the day, yeah. uh, and it's going to be a long, long journey for these teams oh, to yeah. to stay up. Absolutely. But let's move over to another relegation six pointer. Huge first win in City A in twenty something years. Salernitana against Genoa. Against Genoa, one nothing. I called it here. Yes. And uh, can I just say what a performance! By some outstanding players, I thought uh, I thought uh, Francesco Dittacchio was phenomenal when he came on. Came on in the 37th minute for uh, Lasana Kulabali. Yes, uh, he was a menace. He was a menace. He was he was in on everything, taking shots from long range that actually hit the target, hit the post on yeah, one he, time. He definitely yeah he was pivotal coming on. Tested yeah. the goalie. It, it but it's like we said, this Salernitana team is now playing good football they're playing good football but the the thing that puts it all together has been frank ribery yeah right he's back the way he ties the attack and the midfield together it's he does it like no one else he's still got it uh even at his advanced age (laughs) but uh what a performance important performance for salernitana especially over a relegation rival um and italy's third straight goalkeeper or backup goalkeeper sorry salvatore siragu yeah somehow in the national team. still somehow so, but uh, 
David Bardini's days are numbered, you think? Yeah, he's going to be gone by the new year. Yeah, they. this is the... They didn't look good. The only... Like I said, for, for Genoa, the only real guy that's shining for me game in and game out for this for this Genoa team is Andrea Cambiasso. Yeah, Cambiasso and, and uh, Nicolo Rovella too. He's yeah. been okay. I thought he had a good game, but it's yeah. the Fords. Yeah. The Fords are missing at the end of the day. Big time. And, and that's the some big saves again by Vid Belich too, and Stramberg too. Stuff Stramberg, Stramberg having a good game, fantastic in, in defense. Game for him. It's just that's, a solid performance from Sanogitana. They needed a clean, and they got yeah. a clean sheet, and they got a clean sheet. That so. was big for them. That was big for them. So they slightly move up the table. Huge, huge three points for them. So congratulations to them. Uh, let's move on to the Derby della Mole. Yes, what happened exactly the way we thought it would go. Yeah, exactly. The very end. Juve. We said they would. They would struggle. Mind you, they, they played good. They played some good attacking football. Vrania was tested. He, he was fantastic, made some big saves. But we knew it was going to be a grind, and Juve waited to the last minutes of the game before Locatelli brilliance. put it in the only spot, that six foot seven nine frame, whatever it is, Vrania has that you couldn't reach uh, that yeah. corner, and what a finish it was. But Torino, all in all, they actually played a... They, they, played really they good. dominated the first half. Juve dominated the second half. Yeah. It was a tale of two halves. Uh, Chesney actually stepped up in this game. Chesney Woke did, up. yeah. Yeah, fantastic. But Varanya, though, he is a major reason why it was only one now. He played fantastic. He did play fantastic. What do you think of the top two now with Moise Keane and Federico Chiesa up there? I was, you know, for me, like I said, when you get rid of the superstars, Dybala, the, the guys that want the ball at their feet, and you put in the guys that are just hungry and want to run for the team. I think you're going to get better results. Federico Chiesa, for me, still hogs the ball a little bit too much. Yep. And he's not a team player. But I thought it was good. I, I mean, it was just... This easily could have been 4 or 5 nothing. Weston McKenney showed up and started scoring goals if Moise Keane scored his chance. It was a good performance. I don't think they need Dybala. And I know they're on the verge of re-signing him for another extension. I personally, if I'm a Juve and Juve management, I would not sign Dybala again. I don't see the the need for him. I know he's a he could, he's a game changer, but I think he just I don't think he brings the best out of this team when he's no. on. And they look listen, they beat the best team in Europe, Chelsea, and now they won a derby without their best player, their so-called best player. So Huge. I don't know, something to think about. Yeah. Why are you going to sign a guy for a multi-million dollar contract again? Maybe use it somewhere else. Absolutely, I agree with you. Juve though picking up much needed win and yeah climbing up the table. Climbing up the they're table looking, slowly. They're looking dangerous. They're looking like the favorites. A lot of people had them. Yeah, uh, they're starting as, to wake up. Yeah, starting to wake up. They they're working back in and um, Max Allegri is working his way back into he modern is. football. So he, it just needed, he just needed a few a couple of games. Now moving on to the next game. So Swallow Inter massive comeback. Yeah, massive comeback. A bit of controversy. Uh, People thinking Handanovic should have been sent off right before yeah, half. Yeah, the red card there. Uh, the refs siding with each other, saying it was the proper call. He shouldn't have been, but regardless, Inter won. Handanovic actually had an outstanding performance. Big reason why the, they won this game. Mm-hmm. As well, up top, Ed Jekyll getting subbed on. He was the man. All the difference. Came on for Joaquin Correa, I believe it was. What has he got? Six goals now? And- Six goals in seven games. Uh, it's, fits the system. Fits the system. Fits the he's, system. He's playing... Perisic crossed the ball for the first time in ages, and, and finally, and and it worked. Good to see Andanovic, like I said, performing well. Now there's rumors Onana 
Fanon has agreed to come in so from this will Ajax. Be back at him, yeah, which is last so year. that's actually a really that's a great move. That's a huge upgrade in that. I agree. I I think so too. I think uh, as well. Hadenovic has been. He's kind of have some bad performances. So Inter overall though not great, but winning like champions at yeah. the end of the day. Um, Absolutely. Well, on the other hand, what can you do? But Ardi, it's not enough. He can't do it on his own. Nope. On to a massive upset here. Bologna, three nothing victors over Lazio, and this is this has been the same. This has been the narrative that we've been saying all season. There's no depth in this team. There's no the B team for Lazio is is clearly not up to par, and Bologna just punished them. The finishing was something else. Musa Barros finish uh, was fantastic. Aaron Hickey as well. Yeah, fantastic performance by him and, and Arthur Teat. Yeah, I think like he's getting a second start of the the campaign. He's, he's made three appearances and he's mm-hmm. got two goals. Mm-hmm. And be- all you Belgian fans are, are 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 worried about you guys are still calling up to- guys like Thomas Vermeulen, and you have a young promising center back or defenseman here in Arthur Teat. You, you it's time to move on. And you got to give this guy a chance. This guy's still playing for the under-21 team. So what does that tell you? I mean, Lazio, this was an old lineup they brought out. Average years. Uh, was 30, 30 years old. Yeah, Muriki. Oh. He's a massive step down from Chile Mobile. Yep. Uh, you can see uh, his finishing just isn't there. And he's like stiff like a board. He doesn't move well. It's, it's hard to explain. Um, but I just think Bologna just simply beat... Sadi's Lazio through pace and persistence and energy. That's how they beat them. And this is the Bologna we've been waiting for. Yeah, they, they got the talking players. They are very capable. And if they play with this high intensity in your face football, they can beat any team in Serie A. And look, they did. I mean, Sadi and Lotito were complaining. I Sadi's in a bit of trouble with FIGC because after every game, it seems like he's complaining about the schedule. Um, and FIGC saying you never complain like this in in England. So, what's what's the problem now? Yeah. Um, but Lazio, yeah, it's a, it's a it seems like they cannot have back to back good performances this team. No, they just don't have the depth for it. Yeah, that's what it is. They don't have the depth. They, the the midweek schedule for them is killing them. This is not a team that is built to compete in both Europe and. No. So, yeah. No. They, they, they're they're meant to focus on one. And it's an eight, like we said, it's an aging team. This is a, this is an old. Yeah, I mean, you got Pedro older team. the line for you for crying out loud, and he's. Yeah, Pedro and Francesco Cerbi. He's up there. Lucas Leva, Isaj Paperena. So it's this is an old team. Not that age matters, but in a jam-packed schedule, you're going to need a little bit of rotation, and that's where the struggles are coming, right? So. Anyway, that was performance. Bologna absolutely battering Lazio up in the table now. Yeah, they're uh, they're up there fighting for the European spots, which is nice to see. Great to see. So moving on to the next next game, another team that's just on fire right now, scoring goals like there's no tomorrow. Hellas Verona, Spezia. Yes, Hellas Verona. I'm I'm impressed. Uh, Four nothing. <laughs> and this is the thing too. They gave Spezia. They let Spezia have the ball. Spezia created double the chances. Had more ball possession, couldn't do anything. Whereas Hellas Verona, they just need six chances. And that's what I was going to say, actually. I know Spezia, yes, they did miss a lot of chances. You know, Hellas Verona goes up against a big team. Those are probably being converted, some of them. But it's the finishing, something we haven't seen from Hellas Verona. They're not known for having good goal scorers in their in their lineup. And I've, and I've been watching their goals. And I don't know if this is 
Igor Tudor or, or the striking coach, if you look at Hellas Verona, the way they finish the ball, it's no longer smashing the ball and hoping it goes in the back of the net. Everything is placement. Every shot you look at them, their heads up, no power really, just placement into the corner and, and it's beating the goalies. Uh, it's fantastic. You can tell they've been working on something with, with regards to the finishing. Uh, Giovanni Simeone, Daniel Bessa, who doesn't get on the score sheet a lot. You should have seen how composed he was. Didn't power it, just slotted at bottom corner where the goalie couldn't yeah. reach it. Got his fingertips on, but it still went in. It's uh, little details like that, which I think Igor Tudor, he's definitely, you can see something's going on. It's the little details like that, I think, are making the difference for uh, this Hellas Verona team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Spezia, on the other hand, they just... They're, releg- they're for me, they're a relegation yeah. team. Tiago Motta now, jobs being considered. Yeah, they, they play beautiful football, create a ton of chances, but at the end of the day, it's too individualistic. Yeah. Verde, uh, he's trying to always do it on his own. Great player, but they got to work for each other. Ray Minaj missing, I don't, don't know how many chances open net. Um, it's just, it's not good. They no. don't have the quality of player up top. Move on quickly. Uh, Sampdoria, Udinese, 3-3. <laughs> Kandreva. Kandreva, that third goal. <laughs> What's going on? This my guy, god check out that third Sampdoria goal they guy, shouldn't have lost this yeah. game but or they shouldn't have tied this game sorry but uh yeah this guy wow. gets a perm and he's playing amazing it's unbelievable <laughs> yeah he's, he's he's rolling back the, the 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 years here yeah and i think the whole team in general is rolling back i mean Fabio Quagliarella played fantastic i think the difference here i mean Candreva's playing fantastic he's playing confident like who tries a shot from around 30 yards yeah. 40 yards out from the from literally almost the sideline and yeah. it goes top corner absolutely but you could tell from the second he hit it it was going in that's yeah. how perfect it was struck yeah it's they're just they're just playing fantastic football right now Sampdoria now if they can if they can stop the the concessions back there mm-hmm. this is a team that could clearly climb up the table I think Chicho Caputo makes a big difference up there no, gives he, them an, he gives them another option he's not scoring but he's giving them another option mm-hmm. uh, something that they really really needed and uh, yeah, they look they, they look, look they look great. I, but for me, just bring it back to me. I cannot believe this guy hasn't performed uh, since his Lazio days. He at Inter he was okay, he didn't do much. Uh, Sampdoria though, he's found his second life. It's yeah, like a lot of players do actually. Like Cassano, Pazzini, now now Candreva. It's like Sampdoria is, gives a lot of players their second life. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, um, Udine. What do we think? They got three goals out of this. This is just the mid-table team. Yeah, it's a team that's not. It's not. They're not too bad to go down, and they're not. But they're definitely not too good to to challenge for European spots. So this is going to be a team in the lower mid-table. I think that's just going to stick around. Udine. Uh, So three-three draw there. Valuable point for both of them. Quickly, Roma Empoli two-nothing win for Roma. Uh, Bounce back. Routine win. Routine win, but act for me one of their best performances in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for the way they they came out, goes to show you how much of a difference Lorenzo Pellegrini makes when he's in the line. He he is he the is the team. difference. He is the tip. He difference. is the difference. He's the team. I think if Lorenzo Pellegrini plays a Lazio game, it might have been a bit of a different narrative. Yeah, so that, that's already his twenty fifth goal for yeah. Roma too, which is unbelievable. But also um, another forcing a start, Abrima Darbo. Continuing from his Europa League Continuing performance. Europa League got hurt. We don't know how serious it is, 
but uh, that very positive to see Mourinho going with Abrima Darbo. I don't understand Vertu still there. I think you should run with Darbo and Cristante, but it was a good it was a good shuffle. Tammy being Tammy. Hitting the bar, I think, for the sixth time this something year, like something that. like that. He got a call up to the national team for he England. Did. He's so back. Good for him. So everyone likes him by you right now. <laughs> uh, I still don't like him. He's a very selfish player. So um, I well, think Roma could have scored. I think the scoreline would have been a lot more. If you had someone else up top. No, not even that. If, if he just op- looked up and, and saw the openings that he had, I think it would have been a 5 6 nothing victory there. But. Yeah, a, a routine win for them. But what, what do we think about Zaniolo or Mourinho coming out and defending him because he got cut from the national team, saying, you know, this builds character and uh, just put your head down and work harder. Well, he also got a yellow card for the way he came off. It's like it's just it's stupidity in my opinion. It's stupidity. So he's got to shape up. Uh, he doesn't belong on the national team right now. We've said this a few times, and he's got to earn his way back in and. Hopefully this will light a fire under him. Hey, you're not on that. You you didn't get called up for this round. Work hard. Go back to the training ground. Work hard. Hustle. Uh, you got to get into the form that you that you were getting into. Um, Next, yeah, yeah. So it's he he needs time. He needs time, and he's got his head out of his cool. Also, next but, match to talk about a player that's hit form again, rescuing uh, Milan. Yeah, Milan, Atalanta, Atalanta. Milan. This game was. 3-2. 3-2. Sco- Scoreline doesn't do justice here. Yes. I think Milan just dominated. And let's talk about this guy, Sandro Tonali. Yeah, we. I mean, we've mentioned him a few times, but what a difference from last year. Holy smokes. What a difference. Uh, he's, he's almost single-handedly carried Milan up to the top of the table here. Yeah. One of their least experienced players, too. He's fantastic. This Milan team... They got robbed on the in the midweek, but they they showed character and they 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 got a much a very valuable three two win and three points against a team that let's face it is is going to be competing with them. Does this make not sorry? Does this make AC Milan a Scudetto contender? I think so. Yeah, I'd say arguably one of the, if not the best team in Serie A right now. Yeah, I would say. Uh, yeah, very impressive. The start was fantastic. Davide Calabria getting in on the goal sheet. A guy that's not a shoe in to start at right back, which uh, still boggles the mind. I mean, I guess Giovanni Di Lorenzo, sure. Yeah, but to not even get called up initially. Yeah. Just coming to fill in because Toloi's hurt. Toloi's hurt. Uh, we Makes no sense, but that's the case there. Um, seems like Rafael Leao is getting his stuff together. Big his goal. end product. Big goal. Yeah, his end product is improving important goal the winning goal at the end of the day uh that's always been my biggest criticism of him is he does a lot of good things but when it comes to the final third he gets lost so if he can continue putting goals in like this and providing creativity it's it's excellent on the other hand atalanta what do you think about that what do we think mateo piscina picking up an injury so he dropped out of the national team yeah uh duvan zapata scored his 98th goal for atalanta ruslan malinovsky starting up top again like I said, they've had they've had three. This was the, this was their this was their week schedule. They two two against Inter, one nothing against Young Boys in the midweek in Champions League, and then a three two loss to to AC Milan. So, to me, I think the two two draw with Inter was an anomaly. I, I I really don't think that's the Atalanta that 
is going to show up this season, game in and game out. Like I said, I, I, I'm not confident in this Atalanta team. I, I don't think, I think they've, they're past their peak here. And I think, like I said, I know it sounds like I'm beating a dead, a dead horse, but they're on their way, they're on their way down. I think they could make a run in the Champions League. I just don't think they're they're not top four material. No, they're not for City. On this one year. one point in th- in six potential points against the two Milan clubs. If you yeah. are going to be fighting for the Scudetto and Champions League spots, yeah. you should be getting at least three. You should be beating one of them. Yeah. Um, and it's not good. Atalanta, yes, I will most likely now be out. Especially with how tight the table is. Yeah, and it's not going to be easy. Now now we got... All got, these teams, other teams on the rise now, like yeah. Fiorentina, Bologna. Napoli, Roma. Napoli, Roma. Well, we don't know about Roma yet. Well, they're still up there. They're, they're up better there, than yeah. Atalanta. Juve right is going to be there. So really... Yeah, Juve's not even in there yet. That's the crazy and part. The, and and you, they're going to get and there. And you know they will. So Atalanta now is kind of looking like they're the odd man out. Yeah. It's going to be back to... European football, maybe mid-table if they're not not careful. Right now, sitting in eighth. So, so let's get on to the last game. Fiorentina-Napoli. Big 2-1 to victory for Fiorentina here. But to me, uh, they weren't the better team in this game. What did you think about this game, Giuliano? I thought Fiorentina, again, started really well. They did. Brought the game to Napoli, but Napoli at the end of the day, something they haven't been able to do is snatch a game, snatch three points when everything's kind of going against them. They they were fantastic. They are playing like champions. For me, the best team in Italy right now. I, yeah, it is. And I, I know in the last podcast we talked about, you know, is Napoli the real deal? And my answer to you was, I got to see them play. I got to see them claim three points against one more big team. And... I don't know if I classify Fiorentina as a big team yet. Definitely a top seven for sure, but not a big, big dog yet. And at the same time, they lost in the midweek to to Spartak Moskva. So, what? Napoli is giving me mixed messages. That's basically what they're they saying. They are, but it's kind of like, like we said, it's kind of like Inter. Inter, not the greatest last year in Europe. No, but then one. But they go on to run and take the league. Uh, pretty comfortably towards Are we going to see this again? So what does that mean? Does that mean you have to give up Europe if you want to win the Scudetto? It also gives, it, it kind of gives City a, a bad rap on the on the international stage. It really does. It really does. Let's face it. There's a lot of people that, that out there that do not think very highly of the City a. So you have Napoli top of the City a right now, losing to Spartak Moskva. For an outsider, that's like wow. That's that's a pretty it's a pretty crap league, and you know obviously Inter tying Shakhtar two zero zero, defending champions. So it's it it it's strange. It's so strange. It's so strange. So as a, as a City A fan, you have to explain to people that don't watch Italian football that actually they're actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> you have to watch a City A game to 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 see how good this Napoli team is and. People think automatically, oh, it's because you're Italian and that's what you grew up watching. You're just biased. It's, no, it's not. It's not the case. I, I, I think Napoli on, on on any given day can compete with anybody on the European stage at this point. But obviously, they're not backing it up. They're not backing up my argument yeah. for them. So, for me, yeah, one of the qualities we talk about all the time is. 
the quality of a champion is even when the games that you play bad and for me Napoli was not the better team in this game and they somehow come out with a two to one victory yeah they were just very efficient at finishing they which were I always say they were also too i mean i got a feel for bartolome dragovsky makes a great save on the penalty makes a big save on the rebound and then the third one goes in i mean it's i i think as a goalkeeper myself it's unfair that he would have to make three saves to keep the ball out but that, that that's football that's the rules and he did what he could and mm. but credit to Credit to Napoli for taking advantage of that, and yeah, it came, it came all down to set pieces. I mean, one of it the really did one of the biggest weaknesses I think still maybe for Napoli is players can turn off. They were caught ball watching in the yeah. for the Fiorentina goal. Uh, Zielinski was completely his marker pushed them in the back. He just stood still, he didn't follow his run. And Quarta was there for a beautiful scissor kick goal. Yeah. It was uh, phenomenal. It was. And then Napoli, there's a cool tweet about it. We retweeted it on our, on our uh, Twitter Radio page. Tifosi. Where Borussia Dortmund did the set piece where, and, and Napoli copied it exactly. You, the original kicker, runs wide, fakes the run. Obviously, he comes back and then he swings in with his left foot. Zielinski did exactly that. Found a... Uh, Rahmani, and that's how they they got the goal. Yeah, it was a beautiful set piece, and it's those fine details that Luciano Spalletti's been included into his game, which we talked about last year. How he's been able to stay so relevant while other coaches maybe have ahead of his time due date. Yeah, he uh, he's got this team playing well because of the fine details that he's been covering. I feel like in his training sessions, and they won because of because of these fine details. Once again, uh, I don't think they play great all the time mm-hmm. but they're finding out ways in which to win a game that's the biggest difference i noticed from napoli under gattuso or under uh, any former napoli coach yeah. even ancelotti it's the fine details that spalletti's been able to pick out of certain teams out of the opposition find the weaknesses and he's he's been phenomenal at it and no, the only team that's perfect now he's been phenomenal City, yeah. at it let's see what happens like i said against another big team against the against the ac milan inter milan I guess a team like that, or even uh, like how they play against Roma. Um, also, we know that every every club in every club in in every season happens. There there will be a period where they will dip a bit. Yes. And let's see how they bounce back. Because when Napoli under Gattuso, Napoli under Sarri, Napoli under Ancelotti, whenever they got into that dip, it was always took them a while to get out. Yes. And very true. So we'll let's see how Luciano Spalletti guides these guys out of that dip when it comes because it it's inevitable it's gonna come no but no club is gonna have a perfect season not in today's game yeah no it's very true very so, true what do we think about Amir Rahmani this he's, guy he's underrated scored, he scores a lot of goals for is this a guy center underrated back. he scores a lot of goals for center back he's been impressive yeah. uh but at the same time i have seen him make a few mistakes it's yeah. more so last year obviously this year he's been they've been pretty perfect I think last year was more of a learning curve for him. yeah and yeah he was you know behind manolas and Kulabali, but now he's one of the main guys in the team so yeah. i think it goes to show maybe manolas is kind of on the way out a wow. little bit Kulabali obviously is still the superstar he is but Rahmani, I mean, he's been yeah, fantastic, fantastic stepping in. Fantastic. So well, let's see what let's. I'm still in the wait and see for Napoli. Still in the wait and see. I think 
I don't think they'll win the Scudetto. I think I had them finishing outside the top four to sort begin with. Sort of, I think. It's I'm still a, it's still a possibility. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be the biggest question, like you said. The when dip. they face adversity, are they going to be able to keep it up? Uh, they've shown to struggle in Europa League. Is that because of... That they're just focusing on Serie A? On Serie A. We know what Conte with Inter, that was the reason. I think it's styles. I think Napoli will struggle against a certain style, I think. And Leicester showed, if you run at them direct, you will give them lots of trouble. Uh, And I don't think we're yet to see a team in Italy play that way against them. So I agree. Once you see Inter, who's a very direct team. Juve, who's probably the most direct team out of the top uh, big teams. Even Roma is a really direct team. Then we'll see. Yeah. But for right now, Napoli, I'd say them and Milan are tied for setting the standard of the best football in, in Italy right now. And some other news, Vlahovic as well isn't going to resign with Fiorentina, which is massive. Uh, it's rumored he's going to be linked to Atletico Madrid, so we'll see what happens there. Is his contract up this year? His contract is up. Oh, he has two years left. two years left. Napoli will get money. Yeah, Comiso coming out in the media saying he doesn't want to resign. It'll be interesting. That's kind of uh, Camiso putting the pressure on Vlahovic to show, hey, I'm not the bad guy. Vlahovic is a bad guy. He doesn't want to play for this club. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what develops out of there. Uh, if that move by Camiso is going to ruffle some feathers, maybe ruin the team dynamic. So we'll see how that story develops for Vlahovic. But anyway, we'll go on to the next set of fixtures which is the international break nations league for italy yeah so we're in the nations league final four now final four for the nations league is italy spain belgium and france those are the those are the final four teams italy set this to play spain domani tomorrow yes at the san siro big repeat of the semi-finals absolutely and then uh belgium will be playing france at juventus stadium on thursday and then the loser of both these ties will play a match for third place on Sunday at 9 a.m. And they'll be playing that at Juve Stadium. And should any of them make the final, the two winners, uh, they'll be playing Sunday at 2.45 at the San Siro. So some massive games. So Italy's hosting the final four. These are basically glorified friendlies, <laughs> if you will. But let's talk about let's before we preview the matches for you. Let's talk about the international team, the Azzurri, that is set to play, um, set to play Spain at the San Siro. Yeah, a lot, a lot of injuries. First of all, you know, at the end of the day, I'll tell you right now, I'm actually pretty happy that there's a lot of injuries because it's now <laughs> forced Mancini to bring in some some young blood or some new blood or some teams. That or some players, sorry, that should be in this lineup, aka Davide Calabria. Yes, who who we mentioned only got a start because Toloi pulled out. Chiro Which pulled is out. Shocking. Chiro pulled out. Matteo Pessina pulled out. Um, so it's, that's, it's interesting. Yeah. So I mean, the goalkeepers remain the same. Sidigu, Donnarumma, Meret. I don't know. D- don't ask me why. <laughs> we in Barres we say Chenesachigi. I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, Giovanni Di Lorenzo, Giorgio Chiellini, Davide Calabria, big late addition Federico Di Marco, 
Emerson, Acerbi, Bonucci, Bastoni. Those are your defense. Then the midfield, the usual suspects. Plus, I'm very happy to see this guy, Manuel Locatelli, Marco Verratti. And here's the guy I'm happy to see, Lorenzo Pellegrini, uh, Jorginho, Cristante, Barella. And then up top, these are your guys who are going to have to rely on to score some goals. And I'm interested to see how this is going to work out because now we're down to the nitty-gritty. Raspadori, Insigne, Berardi, Chiesa, Moise Keen, and Federico Bernardeschi. Listen, this is time for is Moise Keen and Raspadori to, to step up and make it their position. As yes. well as Chiro's been playing, he's been the best, maybe the best striker in Italy, uh, arguably. He, as we all know, flops when it comes to the national team. So this is time for Raspadori, who's been having a poor season, and Moise Keen to... Step take up. It. Both 21 years old. Could be playing for the under-21 national team still. Yeah. So it's nice to see two young guys, but this is their time, and you just hope that, yeah, they, they do put it together. But you hope Mancini pits a system, once again, to support the strikers. These are all counterattacking style strikers. Raspadori, I would say, more so plays with the high line, high press. Yeah. He's more capable of playing back to net. Moise Keane, not so much. So it'll be interesting to see who he goes with. At the end of the day, we are European champions. We beat two of the, two of the three teams yeah, in everybody competition. W- Italy, France, finals, what everyone wants to see. Win or lose, that's what we want to see. Yes. So we'll see what happens. I mean, Spain, our competition, some... Should beat them. Should beat them. Some should. big names coming back, like David De Gea has been playing great for Man U. He's back. But their big guy, Pedri, is out. Pedri is out uh, due to injury. So Gavi, 17 years old from Barcelona, came in. He hasn't. He's never made an appearance. So he's in. Sergio Busquets, the the most experienced player, 129 caps. He's been called again for uh, for Spain. Coke is back at 58, but it's a very inexperienced Spain squad. Yeah, and a notable absentee, not going to call Brahim Diaz. It's gonna. I, I don't, I don't Spain, know what to make of that. I think, I think that's Spain a mistake. It's going to be exciting. It will. It will be game. exciting. I think. France is going to mop the floor of Belgium. I'm just not convinced by this Belgium team. I don't know. I don't know how Belgium is in this final four. I don't know how Belgium is still ranked number one in the world. They're just, to me, a bunch of frauds. <laughs> no, they are. I mean, they've won nothing. So what warrants you the best team in the world? You still didn't win the Euro. You got knocked out by Italy, who took care of you. And you're still top of the top of the yeah and it's, and it's still the household names Thibaut Courtois Toby Alderweireld Jan Vertonghen is still there Vermalen isn't there okay he uh, isn't there but still you got Jan finally. but yeah you got Jan yeah, you have Axel Witzel De Bruyne Tillemans Carrasco give it up these guys have won you nothing is the Burger King there the Burger King's there Eden Hazard yeah the Burger King <laughs> he barely features for Real Madrid has done nothing since he left Chelsea of course uh, he's disappeared but some interesting names Charles de Catalier I think that's how you say it from Club Rouge. He's been yep. fantastic the past few years. He's making an appearance. Hans Vanakin, too. He's getting a call from Club Rouge. So, two big... Uh, Is Goku back there? Some two big names there. No, he's not back there. Oh, see? But Michi Bashwai getting a call. Leana, uh, Leandro Tosart. So, some big, interesting names. Guys that are in the primes of their career, maybe never hit it off the heights they should have, are, are getting calls up into this team. So, it's a different... It's a different, uh, it's no longer the golden generation because that Belgian gold, golden generation completely flopped. So Finite. it'll be interesting to see this new blood come in. But still for me, yeah, a lot of question marks. Like Toby Aldevira, and he's still the, the main guy. You're telling me there's no one? There's no one? We just mentioned one guy from Italy yeah. in Bologna. How is he being overlooked? I don't so I think this is the problem with Belgium. Still Roberto Martinez at the helm. I don't know. 
something to look at. What do you expect? Uh, let me just go over the French national team too. The brothers, the Hernandez brothers. Yeah, so France, Loris. And Deschamps said they can play together. Still crazy, Loris is still the goalie. Yeah, for that, that I don't understand. Manian, who's been, I think, one of the best goalies in City. Yeah, he's he's been, he's been better than Donnarumma has been this year. That's for sure. Yeah. And Donnarumma is our starting goalkeeper, but Manian isn't the starting goalkeeper for France. Go figure. How, how Doesn't funny make is that? Sense. But what do you see in this French lineup? Uh, anything impressed you? I mean, this is the prima donnas. Never plays a team. That's France. Either is amazing or they never show up. Yeah, I, to me, I think France is going to show up here. I think France is going to show up. I think this is, the, this is the scary French team that everybody fears, except the Italians. And uh, I just think it, it's status quo. I think they're going to do, do really well. They got a point to prove. They got a chip on their shoulder. They're still sour about that loss of the Swiss. Yeah. They really are. They, they, they have nobody to blame but themselves for that collapse. And so they want to prove that they're still a force to be reckoned with and they should be a favorite to defend the title at the World Cup next year. So to me, I think the French are going to make an example out of the Belgians. I think the Belgians stand no chance against the French. No chance. I think this is a write-off. And then it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Italy and uh, Italy and Spain, I'd love to see Italy France. I would too. Uh, that you know, win or lose, that's the me- that's the measure. And I, and Giuliano mentioned it when we were when we were going through our Euro coverage that where we line up with when we when that time comes because we thought it was inevitable that we were going to play France in our path and where we play that game. I don't care if we win or lose, but that's our measuring stick of where we are. Mm-hmm. And yes, we have a makeshift squad, a younger, a much younger squad, missing a few key players, which is a good thing. Now we'll see where we line up. Yeah, some interesting call-ups. Jules Kounde from Sevilla is there. Deotu Pemacano, who's having a pretty decent season at uh, Bayern Munich, is there. Leo Dubois from Lyon. In the midfield is where the biggest names have been changed. Adrian Rabiot from Juve, we know he's been hit or miss. He's yeah. in the team. And the other veteran presence is Paul Pogba. The rest is all young players. Aurelien, Tukomeni from Monaco is there, 21 years old. Jordan Veretu, he's there from Roma. Really doesn't get to play too much. I think he's only made two uh, caps for for France. And then Matteo Guendouzi, who uh, Arsenal reject at Marseille, never has made an appearance. Not well liked from what I understand in the Marseille camp either. Uh, surprisingly, because he's a hothead, mouths off a lot to his, his teammates. He's in this team. That's, for me, the biggest interesting call-up. And then up top, Moussa Diaby from uh, Bayer Leverkusen with only two appearances there. And and then the standard names, Guedes and Martial, Mbappe, Benzema, Wassim Benyader. So it's a, it's an interesting French team. I don't think it's their strongest team. Olivier Giroud's not there, Nicolo Kante. So some big names missing. Yeah. Uh, I don't rate Kempembe. He got called up again, the defender. Uh, I think he is one of the most overrated defenders around that plays for a big team. But now that we've kind of gone through all four teams, who do we think is going to win it? Well, the fact that Italy's hosting it, uh, I'd lo- I think all the Italian fans would love to see Italy win the Nations League. I think that proves a- that would prove a point. I mean, European champions, Nations League title, and then dare to dream a World Cup championship. I think that would be the most successful European run since Spain went Euro World Cup Euro and uh, that would actually put like a lot of people are not convinced by Italy 
still. And that England should have won that final game. And I think this will kind of put a uh, this will kind of put a, a nice finishing note on we deserve to win the game. I mean, at the end of the day, England's not even in this final four. No, for the Nations League. So what does that tell you? <laughs> They're not there yet. But to, to focus on these four, I think it's interesting. A lot of the teams brought in young players inexperienced players because there's no there's no but, real pressure to no win but it's this, for right? sure it's a time to do it yeah, italy's even done it but that's what's going to make this exciting yeah some it's new names some fresh faces yeah, some fresh faces for me italy is the best team out of the four yeah going into this and for me they should win this they should win this i think they should win this we should see an italy france final we should see italy win and then on the other side we should see spain beat belgium because belgium is on the way down they've been on the way down for a long time the belgium is by far the worst team of these top four I would say Belgium number four, Spain number three, because Spain and but Spain is on the rise. France number two and Italy number one. That's that that's my ranking of it. I'm gonna pick Italy to win, France second, Belgium to come third, just and Spain last, just because Spain still doesn't know how to win in 90 minutes and they got no goal scores. That's true. That's well, we'll see what happens. I, see, I just want to see Belgium fail. It will be interesting. Bunch of frauds. <laughs> Expose them for what they really are. They should not be anywhere near you, Spain. I'm gonna be going for that Oha. <laughs> Only in that game. La Roja, they can fail in the first at the first hurdle. So that's that. We got World Cup qualifying. Yeah, so before we get into Canada, yep. just want to t- there's, some, there's two games for the Italians to focus on in this World Cup qualifier. So Switzerland sitting eight, uh, six points back, two games in hand. They're now playing their two makeup games. So after this national break, everybody will be up to snuff. Switzerland playing Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland already held the Swiss to a draw last time out there in Geneva this time. Northern Ireland is three points out of a out of a playoff spot, so Northern Ireland knows they need to win this game. They need to come out and win this game. I think Northern Ireland has what it takes to beat the Swiss. The Swiss show kinks in the armor. They shouldn't be anywhere near Italy, and it shouldn't have to come down to that Italy Switzerland game in November to determine who's going to win first place in the group. So for me, I am going to be cheering as much as as loud as I can, and I'm going to be hoping to see a Northern Ireland upset here. But it's not out of the question. This is it wouldn't be a miracle. It's not out of the question. Northern Ireland are a tough team to play, and I hope they will do the job against the Swiss. Perfect. And let's move on to Canada. Let's move on to them. Concacaf qualifying. Big, 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 big. Can't say it anymore. Thursday. Big two. Games coming up for them. Three games coming up for them. Oh, sorry. Three games. Sorry. Three games coming up. First one is Thursday, October 7th. That's right. They put the condensed schedule. Mexico, Canada. This So Mexico this going is, into this. This should be... Mexico is the best team, hands down. Yeah. Okay. So if they lose here, fair enough. Yeah. It's but, not the end of the world. Where, the, where Canada is sitting right now is Canada is currently second in the qualification group. Yes. Behind... Top three automatically go... Behind Mexico. Yeah, and then the fourth is that inter-confederation playoff. Some massive, massive games. And realistically, as I think, I don't think Canada, if Canada can steal a point here, it's massive. If they can steal a point here. Yes. It's massive. That's what it's going to have to be. They're going to have to steal it. It's at the Estadio Azteca in Mexico. Oh, it's going to be a danger. It's going to be insane. It's going to be. So, yeah. End of the day, Canada, if they can get a point bonus, but we expect a loss here. It's going to be a tough game. Yeah. But this is a different generation of Canadian players. So we'll see. Another game I think more pivotal in the uh, whole qualifying campaign, Jamaica hosting Canada Sunday, October 10th. Yeah. 
at the National Stadium Independence Park. You gotta Jam- beat these guys. Jamaica. These, guys, these yeah. guys are the whipping boys. They are last place. Two goals for, six goals against the three games. So Jamaica started off the campaign with two losses, recently coming off a draw. Against against uh, Costa Rica, which was a big draw. Yes, So, which has helped Canada huge. So if Canada is going to keep up the momentum, they have to get a victory yeah. here. If you don't win this game, this yeah. is where... The wheels could come off yeah. quick, and we'll see what kind of Jamaica is going to show up. I mean, Jamaica stealing a point from cost, stealing two points from Costa Rica is huge. Their first game up in their in their fixture is the States, so the States out to prove a point. That's going to be way too much for them. So Jamaica is going to come out hard against Canada. Yeah, Canada exactly. needs to. And they're and Matsari. and Jamaica is going to be looking at yeah this is, if they want to rescue their campaign, they have they to. have to win this game. So it's a massive game for both teams. Yeah. Then October 13th, we're back at BMO Field, Canada, Panama. Big, big game. Fourth, currently sitting fourth place, Panama. This, this is the game. They it's have an, to, they have to come out of this international break with at least six points. You don't want to fall behind the states and Costa Rica after these three matches. Or Panama. Panama's not going to be easy to beat. They won't be, but the f- I'm talking them. about the favorites. If yeah. the favorites go ahead of you, it's going to be very hard to come back. Yeah. A perfect scenario for Canadian fans is seven points. So two wins and a draw. The target should be six points, though. You want to stay alive? Six points here. You have to win two of these three games. Have to. Yeah, if you want to be in the World Cup. No doubt about it. Have to. World Cup. It feels like a World Cup's already on the line. It does. And these are the games that matter, especially yeah, two games on the road. Yeah. One game at home. Yeah. It's going to be a pivotal uh, round of football. Yeah. They'll be pretty much halfway through the fixture list after this. So, yeah, pretty much, we're, we're rooting for you guys. We'd That's love it. to see Canada, Qatar, twenty twenty two. It's pretty much a full, healthy team. Everyone's there that should be there. Yep. Um, so good luck to Canada. Yeah, all the best to them. And uh, that being said, that wraps up today's podcast. We will be back after qualifying, right before the next round. Right of before fixtures. the next round of fixtures, some big fixtures. I think it's Roma, Juve. We gotta talk about that. That's of gonna course. be crazy. Um, just real quickly, follow us on Twitter at Radio Tifosi. We really appreciate the shout out from Roma Press Podcast, John Solano. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, follow, if for all you Roma fans, you want some real in-depth Roma analysis? Uh, follow the Roma Press Podcast group. They are fantastic. For all you Toronto Roma fans, they are a Toronto Romanisti group uh, based in Toronto. They are a great group of guys. A lot to talk about with Roma there. I know it's very Roma-centric, but great group of guys. And uh, for all you Roma fans, there's also the Toronto Romanisti group. So (laughs) special shout-out to them as well. Holy Um, Roma. But uh, they better win this year. Uh, Seriously. Follow us at uh, Radio Tifosi on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram, Tifosi underscore football underscore radio. We'd love to get some questions from you. Don't hesitate to email us, tifosifootballradio at gmail.com. Check us out, like us, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Yeah, be part of the conversation if you want to have your voice heard. Uh, But, uh, yeah, in all seriousness, those are all our social media contacts. Thank you for your support, as always. Thank you so much. Until next time, ciao ragazzi. Ciao. And Forza Italia. Forza Canada.